Hey, welcome to the Lifehouse Newport News podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring life change through Christ to all people. And we believe that happens when people say yes to Jesus, do life together, get in the game, and leave a legacy. We hope this podcast inspires and challenges you to grow in your faith. Subscribe to ensure you don't miss a single episode and share it with someone you know who may need it. Again, thank you for joining us today. Now let's get to this week's episode. Live like Jesus. So we have been in the series for about four weeks now looking at Jesus, not just as Savior, because that's the way we like Jesus to be. Jesus is the Savior. He died for my sins, rose from the grave. We celebrated that Easter Sunday, and we love that part about Jesus. But, but here's the thing. We missed the fact that Jesus' life was also the example we were called to follow. He was the Savior for our sins, but he was also the example for our lives. And that is why this series was Live Like Jesus. We're looking at the kind of life Jesus, the, Jesus not only lived, but Jesus gives us the opportunity and chance to actually live as well. And, and, and so the theme scripture in this series has been John 10, 10, which simply says, Jesus said this, I came to give you life and life what? Abundantly. See, y'all know it. Y'all been in church. But the thing is this, right? We have checked out how that word uh, abundantly within the Greek language actually translates to to be uncommon, extraordinary, superior, more than enough. English translators just, just, just say it and take it to mean that word abundantly. But I think whenever it's translated that way, it really misses the power of it that we can actually have an extraordinary, uncommon life. And Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 11, he said, come up, he said, come unto me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Learn from me, learn from me and I will give you a teaching, a call that will not be a burden for your soul, but it will be a blessing. So within this series, we've been saying, let's learn from Jesus. Thank God for him being savior, but let's look at, at his example and let's see how, what can we follow in? So the first, the first Sunday we talked about community and we talked just about how there, there's power and how Jesus chose 12 disciples to do life with. He could have been the lone ranger, but Jesus said, I want 12 people to do community with. We looked at, uh, at Jesus being about compassion. You see in the four gospels, Jesus saying he looked on people with compassion and kind of like his operating system. Whenever he looked at, at people as he saw them with compassion, Arius spoke about how Jesus lived with a legacy mindset. And today I want to talk to you about how Jesus was consistent. Jesus was consistent. Can you say that word consistent? Consistent. All right, Jesus, help me. I think we think a lot of times the stuff that Jesus did, he just did because he was God. And we can have this sort of like, well, yeah, it's Jesus. He walked on water. He was Jesus. Yes, I don't know who did Jesus. I don't know who did that. You need to try out for the worship team. Whoever knows, maybe we'll just put you up here and turn your mic off. I'm just kidding. We love you. Uh, No, but but I I just think because we can think, well, well, Jesus was... Jesus was Jesus. Of course, Jesus did what he did. Of course, he healed the blind. Of course, he fed, uh, of course, he turned five loaves and two fish and turned it into 5,000, whatever, feeding 5,000. But what I think 
we don't, that we actually miss a lot of times is scripture tells us Jesus laid aside, set aside his divine power and privileges when he became man. Not that he lost it, he set it aside. You can even see Jesus when he was going through Passion Week. Do you know what he said? He said, I got power right now to call thousands of angels to come and wipe y'all out. He said, I got the power, but I had a call from my father first. And I'm going to do what he says instead of using the power that I got. He laid it aside. Philippians chapter 2 actually says this. This is Paul writing. It says, as he, Jesus, emptied himself of divine privileges, taking on the likeness of men. Why is this important for you? Because you need to know Jesus came to not only die for, for our sin, but show you and I what was possible when a human being is surrendered and empowered by the Holy Spirit and is governed by consistency and discipline. Okay, Jesus came and showed us as an example the kind of life that was possible from a human being that is filled with and empowered by the Spirit of God and governed by a life of consistency and discipline. He emptied him. He set it aside to show you what was possible through your life. If you invite the Spirit of God in, the Holy Spirit is not some redheaded stepchild. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God himself. That when you invite that in and when you have a life that is governed by consistency and discipline, Luke gives us this, this little detail in Luke chapter two, before Luke dives in to Jesus being baptized and dives into kind of Jesus's public ministry, he says this about Jesus. Jesus grew in wisdom. It doesn't say Jesus came out of the womb with all wisdom. Jesus was born, you know, knowing everything. Jesus grew in wisdom. And, and so he's saying he grew in wisdom, but he also grew in his physical stature and in favor with God and with people. Isn't it an, it, an absolutely astounding thought that Jesus submitted to a growing process? And how many times do we just want to circumvent processes because we want the growth quick? Jesus was prepared for 30 years for three years of impact. He prepared 30, ministered three. For some, for some people here, I want to talk to, to, to the seasoned crowd. Because I think sometimes whenever you get seasoned, you can think that God is done with you. That your time is past. That your, your perfect, you know, your season is up. And I want to let you know, if you think you have three years left, what can you do? Maybe God has been preparing you instead of 30, he's been preparing you for 50. For three years of incredible impact. Maybe he might be preparing you for 60. For five years of incredible impact. Jesus grew in wisdom. Jesus went through a process. This should encourage us because, because 
you might say, I'm not done yet. I'm not where I want to be. Well, it's okay because you're still growing. Have some grace with yourself. But the thing is this, right? Whenever you see consistency related to Jesus in the four gospel, within the four gospels, you actually see they only bring out three specific things that they say Jesus continually did. They say things like, as was his custom. They say, you know, they say things, things like, as Jesus would normally do. And within the four Gospels, we, three, we see three specific things that Jesus continually did. L- let me bring them out to you really quick. Luke chapter 5, verse number 16, it says this. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. He had a consistent discipline and, and the thing is, the context here, Luke, Luke 5, right before it brings this out, it actually says the crowds were swarming to Jesus. And Jesus said, if y'all want me to give you something, I got to get away from all of this and go to my father and spend time with him so I've got something to pour out. It says he often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer so he could have something to give those whom God would bring him. He consistently got away to pray. Secondly, it says this, he went to Nazareth, Luke chapter four, where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. So let me break that down to kind of like 2021 language. Jesus went to church as was his custom. It's insane how we think we can be better than Jesus by not having a consistent day that we set aside time to go and be with the people of God. This culture has literally made church optional. And y'all, here's the thing. Some of y'all, oh, John's, John just coming in on people on Sundays. You know, y'all, I don't, y'all are y'all selves. Y'all responsible for y'all, okay? My job is to just deliver the mail, okay? <laughs> but it's crazy. Jesus said, as was his, he was Jesus, can you imagine Jesus walking into the synagogue and sitting under terrible preaching? <laughs> Jesus is sitting there like, he's so misinterpreting this passage. <laughs> Jesus is like, well, that's not what that means in the book of Zephaniah. <laughs> you know, he's just like, what in the world is going on? But Jesus even, why? Because Jesus was modeling what he wanted people to, like a set aside time to come in and submit to God's word. And I think we've just made church like this optional thing because we say, man, I could have church on a boat. Which y'all, I get it. The church isn't a building. The church is you. The church is where you go. I get it. But what happens whenever we have, see, what happens, right? Like we can, when, when church is created to be this kind of just like legalistic thing and you go because you have to, not because you want to, whenever you get burned out on it, you'll go to the, to the complete opposite side. And you'll be like, church was just all about have to, have to, have to. You don't even need church. It's not that important. I'm the church. And y'all, let's just be honest. The balance is no, church doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. But Jesus said, the church is his body. You need a community of people to come to and sit with. Why? Because look in this room right here. You've got people that are on a different level than you are. They're smarter than you. Some, you're smarter than them. Some of you, you make more money than them. They make more money than you. Some are black, white, young, poor. 
all over the place. And what should this tell you? You're not in this thing by yourself. You are with a group of people who are, who, are, who are broken, messed up, jacked up. We all got hurts, habits, hang-ups that we bring into this room. And whenever you come into this room, it should actually encourage you to, to say, I'm not alone. But then, too, what, what this does is it creates a posture of submission to God's word. You're like, well, John, you're the one preaching. You're not su- submitting to it. Trust me, I got plenty of people speaking into my life telling me where I'm going wrong. My Sundays might look a little different. It's a coaching call with Pastor Patrick. But, but the thing is, this creates a posture of, because if you can't have a time carved out to submit to God's word, how are, how are you going to create that discipline and consistency and habit in your life on the daily? This, is, this does not save you, but what this does is it creates a consistency, a discipline, a starting point. Jesus also said this, Mark 10.1. The writer Mark says this, Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, the crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. So the only three things that Scripture, the four Gospels, explicitly point out about what Jesus consistently did, prayer, church, and teaching God's Word. I'm going to let that speak, speak to you, but here's the thing, and here's where I'm getting at here. You are and will be the sum total of your consistent habits. Because if you look, if those were the three things that Jesus did, it's clear why Jesus did what Jesus did. Because his life and ministry was the sum total of what he consistently did. That's a hard truth to swallow. And I think for some of us, whenever we hear this, it's easy for us to start deflecting and defending. But you don't understand. I get it. I completely get it. But at the same time, if you're going to move forward, you've got to own the habits you have. You can say, I didn't even want this, but I got it. I totally understand. I stutter. (laughs) Sometimes you get things in your life you didn't ask for. Right? But but it's it's like so. The 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 thing is this, right? As we're progressing forward, talking about consistency and discipline, you've got to take responsibility. So here's what I want to do today. First off, learn from Jesus how to cultivate cultivate an environment that is conducive to consistency. I know the slide's different. I changed it up. Sorry, slide people. Uh, secondly, learn from Jesus how to continue in consistency. So first off, learn from, from Jesus how to cultivate an environment that is conducive to consistency. And secondly, how do we actually, once it's cultivated, continue in it? First off, First off this, to cultivate an environment of consistency, you've got to understand your purpose. Doing the right things for the wrong reason will eventually burn you out. Being con- doing something consistently and not knowing why is the recipe for you to blow up and not be consistent. And some of us treat spiritual disciplines this way. Right, so the thing is, is right, if you take the Bible, right, and, and listen, right, if you say, I'm going to read the Bible, I'm going to be consistent, yep, I'm going to go on the one-year Bible reading plan, and you get through the first couple of days of Genesis, then you start to read about, about, what's the name, Abraham sleeping with people, then you got his wife giving him a woman that ain't her, you know, and then you're just like reading through all this crazy stuff, and you're just like, I thought the Bible, <laughs> I thought the Bible was this is crazy. <laughs> you know? 
And then you're like reading about all these crazy laws. And, but but to, in your mind, you have this thought, I'm reading the Bible and this is a good luck charm. If I do it, God will like me more and he'll give me more of what I want. Okay, so if, if that is your mindset, when life gets hard, you won't be consistent at it because your why was wrong. But, but think that, could be, that, that could be church, that could be Bible, that could be prayer, that could be a lot of things. It's like, if we don't have the right why, we won't be consistent at it. If you don't get, reading this book is about knowing a person, not getting something from God. When you open this book, it is like having a one-on-one meeting with the God of the universe. That throughout history, he has worked through broken, jacked up people. That when, I, that when actually you read this book, you are reading your history. The Bible didn't just happen, it happens. These aren't just stories about, oh, Adam and Eve, yeah, whatever. No, that's you. Adam and Eve is your story. So the thing is, whenever you open this book, if your why isn't right, if your why isn't, do I get an opportunity to read and hear about the, is, is, is it hard to read? Of course it's hard to read. A lot of relationships are hard. Communication is difficult. And I mean, this, and I mean, that's why I say, don't start in Genesis. Love Genesis. Praise God for it. But if you're brand new reading the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, read, it, read, about, read about Jesus. And even some of his stuff is confusing. But that's why you need Community. Don't just, you know, so, so here's the thing, right? You, you got to make sure your why is right because if your why isn't right, it won't cultivate the right consistency and you'll quit because your why is not lined up. That makes sense? Your, your consistency needs a why. It needs a why. Secondly, you want to ensure you're doing the right things, right? And it says, oh, well, yeah, John, duh. But, but as you're saying, Jesus knew what he needed to do to make the kind of, of, impact he wanted to make he knew he needed to get away from the crowds and get with his father because if he wasn't being ministered to he couldn't minister if he couldn't get his father's thoughts he couldn't give his father's thoughts here's things doing the wrong things over a long period of time will breed anger but here's the thing sometimes it takes time to find out what those right things are i know when i wanted to like eat right like carrie will tell you I'm drinking orange juice, like Tropicana. And I'm like, I'm drinking oranges. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> looking back on it, I was an idiot. Like, no, you've got to learn to read the label. Something will say, no sugar. Mmm, it's real super sweet. There's a, it's got something sweetening it. It's not just, it might not have real sugar, but it's got something called Splenda. It's got something called stevia, right? So it was like, and, and the two, it has taken me three, like five to six years of actually narrowing down what my body likes to eat and what is good for it. That takes some, sometimes it, so that's why you have to have grace with yourself. But if your why is right, the consistency and those things will line up if, you know, if you're like, hey, so you know what, I'm gonna do, so, and then two, even reading the Bible, some, some of you have tried to just like read the Bible all the way through or you, tried to, or, you, or you tried to read one chapter. Like find out what makes, how God speaks to you. Environment matters. Like if you're trying to read the Bible with the television on and you've got CNN and Fox and Fox News on, I guarantee there's not gonna be a lot of Jesus going on. And you know, it's like you've gotta find out like, 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 like what, what, and, and because here's what we can, can do. It's like, well, they do it that way. 
well, they do it that well, you know, it's like heat, man, he spends three hours in prayer from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. You're like, I'm not wired to get, Jesus isn't even up at 4 a.m., okay? Like, maybe you might be on the back. It's like some of you are early mourners, early mourners, morning people. Some of you are late, late risers. Some of you, you know, it's like, like Dwayne, Dwayne, I mean, Dwayne's, he's strange, like to me. I get up early, I'm there, and Dwayne is, is like staying up till 4 a.m. I can't do that. I will hate everybody. I need sleep. So stop. Like, how has God wired you? Now, don't use that as an excuse, though. Well, do you know what, God, I'm just not wired to read. Okay, well, there's something called the audio Bible. You know, you, you know, like, and, and, and sure you're doing the right things. Give yourself grace to find out what, how, how that should work. Okay, thirdly, choose your heart. Facebook is typically a dumpster fire. But I saw this and thought it was really, really good. Put this up there. Marriage is hard, divorce is hard, choose, choose your heart. Obesity is hard, being fit is hard, choose, choose your heart. Being in debt is hard, being financially responsible is hard, choose, choose your heart. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your heart. Life will never be easy. It will always be hard, but we can choose our heart. Pick wisely. To cultivate an environment of, of consistency, you have to choose your heart. Because the thing is this. It's not if you will be consistent. It's what kind of consistency you will have. Because you can be consistently inconsistent. So it's not if you're like, just stop saying, I'm just not disciplined. Yes, you are. You're disciplined at being undisciplined. I'm just delivering the mail. I'm just, I'm just the mailman putting it in your door. <laughs> because, because it's like, because when you say I'm just not, you take a victim mentality. And when you take a victim mentality, the right and power to change, you immediately throw out. The only way you have the power to change is when you take responsibility for the bad and, and the good. But consistency, right, you, you, you got to choose your heart because there, there's pain either way. Just asking, what kind of pain do you want? Everyone good still? Everyone still like me? Okay. Okay. Next, accept your limits. I think what's killing our, our society is we're trying to be everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, anyway, you just scroll on Facebook and it just constantly reminds you of what you aren't. Like, I'm not tan. I'm not, I'm not skinny. I'm, I don't have that house. Don't have that car. Didn't take that vacation. I wish I had that kind of dog. You know, it's like, you're, you're, it's just like one, it's like our, because we have access to so many things, we can be consistently reminded of what we don't have. And then because we see all of these sports center highlights on so many people's Facebook feeds and, and Instagram feeds, that we can then actually like over busy our lives trying to just access and gain and be so many different things that we're actually ripping ourselves apart at the seams and our soul was never at rest. And I mean, here, here's the thing, guys. You have the same 24 hours that everyone has, but even you see Jesus accepting limits. 
He, like, he took naps. Be like Jesus. Take more naps. Whenever you're like, should I take a nap? Be like Jesus. He napped in a storm on a boat and left his disciples hanging. And they came in, where you at, Jesus? He's like, what? Jesus got hungry. Like, Jesus was anxious. Like, you know, Jesus had limits. Like, he said, you know, I'm, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go to, what was that cast that he raised from the dead? Lazarus is home. I can't be there until tomorrow. Sorry. He didn't teleport. He accepted his limits. And really, you know, when, you know, when I apply to this personally, it's, it's like, I, I pretty much have four roles in my life in this season that I, can, that I only have time to play. And, that's, and that is pretty much Christian, husband, father, pastor. Anything outside of those four things, I don't have a lot of time for. And if, if it was like Christian, golfer, hunter, pastor, hus- husband, father, do you see how in that something is going to be sacrificed? And you can put in anything you want to put in there because hobbies are galore, right? Or hobbies are, you know, side hustles. Getting, you know, getting degrees, which are not bad, 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 bad things. But here's the thing. Are you, recre- are you replacing the best things for good things? I can tell you how many times like, I want to get a second degree. I've even applied. I even tried to do one graduate class with my current life and failed miserably. Why? I was trying to rip myself apart. It's like, do I want to do homework, or do, I, or do I want to be there with my boys praying over them when they go to bed? And I just said, a degree is not going to change my son's lives, but me speaking the word of God over them and praying over them. And daddy be in there and, and just like laying with them and cuddling with them. That's, that, that's what's going to be the best for them. So you, you've got to accept your limits and be cool with that. And, then, and that will cultivate consistently. Next, to continue in it. I really believe here there's a lot of ways I could have gone with this. But today I really feel to continue in consistency you need to harness the power of small. Small wins. Small chunks of time. Moving on quickly from small setbacks. Harness the power of small. Scripture brings out in, Zeph- in Zechariah ch- chapter 4, it says this. Jesus, or Jesus, the prophet was saying, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And let me tell you the context there, right? Israel was at a point in its history where it was, I mean, it was jacked up, messed up. They, they, had, they had completely disobeyed God, and they had been scattered across the whole known world. They were, you know, there were Jews in different places exiled. The temple was broken down. And what the prophet was saying is don't despise the small. You've got to start somewhere. Don't despise the small. Because I think in our culture, we can be all or nothing people. So you start, I'm going to work out fit, keto. 
hour and a half per day. No more than 50 carbs going into ketosis. So, you know, you, you know, it's like, all right, eight-week challenge. Let's go. First three days of banging, you good? Start, start, start to get a little headache. Right? But, but, but then whenever you fail and you have a setback, then it's just like, forget it. And so you're, you're like, you have this all or nothing mentality that if you aren't consistent for eight weeks straight, you're a failure, so why even try? And what I want to encourage you with today is don't discount the power of small wins, small chunks of time, and moving on from small setbacks. You know, the power of small isn't just something in scripture, it's something we see within our culture. Albert Einstein even said this. He said, compound interest. Everyone know what that is? It's small done over a long period of time that makes a big difference. He said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it. He who doesn't pays for it. Compound interest is the most powerful force in the universe. And what was he saying? He was saying there is power in small things done over a long period of time because they make a big difference. So let me ask you, small, done over a long period, like what what do you need to fill that with? Small words of encouragement over your spouse, done over a long period of time, make a big difference. Small chunks of time, instead of scrolling and reading scripture or reading a book or reading something that's going to fill your soul and help you focus on Jesus, small Acts done over a long period of time will make a big difference for your soul. Small financial investments paid towards your debt done over a long period of time will make a big difference. Where are you stuck today? Where can you not develop the footing and the tread to be consistent? Can you start implementing the power of small? 10 minutes per day, 15 minutes per day done over a long period of time. See, we do this spiritually, right? We say, well, you know, I'm just not getting my quiet time in, you know? And, and it's, it's like we can, th- so now you think you're a, you're, you are a failure, and if you're not doing your quiet time, you're not really saved, and, da, 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 and it's, then start at five minutes, y'all. It doesn't have to be 60 minutes. Like, harness the power of small. You can, you can come up, Jarvis. We're going to close today. When we were talking and, and when I was thinking through this power of small, I thought about Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, which says this, Do not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. And what I felt today is there are some of you that are just weary of doing the right thing. And so there are, there are kind of a couple different camps here. Like you, you, you have been doing the right thing for a long time and you're not seeing results. And you're tempted to give up. Like you are like right at that point. And y'all, that could be in a bunch of different areas. That could be in your relationship with Jesus. That could be 
in your relationship. That could be in your finances. That could be wherever wherever the Holy Spirit is putting that on on you. But then there are some of you here, you haven't even harnessed the power. You have no seed in the ground. And what, and what Paul here is saying, when he says you will reap a harvest, he's obviously using farming language. And he's, he's, he's saying, okay, you got to think of your life almost, almost like farm-wise. Is this like to see a harvest, you have to put seed, seed in the ground. But here's the thing, you can't make seed grow. Seed has a process, right? So here's the thing, right? I heard Stephen Furtick say, say this once. You are not the Lord of the harvest, but you are Lord of the seed. I'm going to say that one more time because I think some of that y'all just like went over y'all's head, right? In scriptures, you see Jesus saying uh, about himself, he's the Lord of the harvest. Essentially saying, I make things grow. I make things grow in in their own time. But kind of like, if you're going to see a harvest grow, which God is the only one that can do that, what do you have the power to do? Put the seed in the ground. And what I'm saying today is that seed is small. Small. But what am I encouraging you with today? Don't despise the small. Small, whatever, done over a long period of time makes a big difference. And so when you're talking about continuing consistency and developing a life of consistency, I believe you see Jesus over 30 years developing a lifestyle of consistency and discipline that when the pressure came, he was already built. He was built for it. Why? Because he had done little things over a long period of time. You can even see 12 years old, Jesus was in the temple asking questions, gaining knowledge. He was, he was consistent. So here's the thing, Mike, to wrap, to wrap this up today. You will be consistent, but you could be consistently inconsistent. But the example that Jesus gives us is he shows us the example of what we can be when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Next week, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. I want you here. We're gonna be talking about this kind of spirit that Jesus was empowered with. We're gonna talk about that next week. But also too, Jesus showed us the kind of life we can live when we're harnessed by consistency and discipline. What kind of heart do you want? What kind of heart do you want? I pray today that as a church, you will make a decision today, a decision point of saying, I'm going to create an environment to be consistent and continue in it. Not so you can just be a better person and be like, oh, I'm so much better, you know, I'm, I'm just great. But no, so you can say, I want to live like Jesus. Thank you again for joining us today. If you need prayer, have any questions about what you just heard or said yes to Jesus, please reach out to us at lifehousenn.com or text 757-690-2401. We'd love the opportunity to pray for you and help guide you through the next step in your faith journey. In the meantime, we hope you'll join us online next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 1030 a.m. at lifehouseonline.com 
or in person for a live worship service at 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. at the Kiln Creek Regal Theater in Newport News, Virginia. Visit LifehouseNN.com for more information or to RSVP for a live service.